I thought I can either sit here and be miserable or I can live my life like I could die tomorrow. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tales from the Journey. I'm Stephanie Zamora and today we are here with Lindsay Marino and I'm so, so excited to have you here. Lindsay, thank you for making the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, Lindsay is an amazing international psychic medium and teacher, and I have been fortunate enough to have been connected to you through the online world for several years and to see your work, and I just think what you're doing is so incredibly important, and you have such an amazing and powerful story, but before we dig into that, I would love if you could just share with everyone a little bit about you and what it is that you do. Yes, definitely. So I am a psychic medium now, but I was a third grade teacher for seven years. And I thought that I was going to retire as a third grade teacher. I I went to get my undergrad degree and my master's in education. So I'm big in teaching. I absolutely love it. I'm also Catholic. So I never, I didn't know what a medium was and I thought it was a sin to go to a psychic. (laughs) So for me to be doing this work is something really big compared to where I was before. But in 2007, it was my second day of teaching the third grade. My boyfriend, Nick, at the time passed in a motorcycle accident. And that's when everything shifted for me. And I felt like a lot changed in a short amount of time. So I was always into the angels, the Blessed Mother, and the saints, very into spiritual things, but it wasn't until that took place where I started to connect the dots from my childhood and to moments that were happening where I was communicating with Nick. And from there, that passion to wanting to connect with him and make sure he was okay I started to recognize that I was communicating with other people's past loved ones too. So that's the short version of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's part of why I love your story is it's such an unexpected turn for your life. I don't obviously love that you had to experience such a loss. That's something that we talk a lot about in my work and also on this podcast is how we're in the middle of our lives and we expect them to be going in a certain direction and suddenly we're turned inside out and completely disoriented and being redirected in ways that we didn't ask for or didn't expect. And I'd love if you could share kind of a little bit about you had just started teaching, you had a boyfriend, you were planning a life, what that version of you, who you were, and then what it was like to experience that sudden loss. So it's interesting because I often say to friends, I'm like, I don't know what I was like before because I feel like a part of me died in that moment of experiencing that deep trauma. And so sometimes I forget who I was at different points. So it's pretty interesting when you think back at, at that time because you feel forever changed if something traumatic does happen in your life. But I thought that I was grateful then in my life. I really thought that I knew what gratitude was about, but it wasn't until this big loss that I started to really become grateful in the 
present moment and the power behind nature and how much it healed me. But previously, I was just a college student going to college. I was in a sorority in, in college, had a big group of friends. I'm a natural introvert, but I also like to be around people too. And I was really dedicated to school. I traveled to Australia to study abroad. And when I came back from that, it really changed me from taking that trip and taking those risks. I was always a risk taker, you know, bungee jumping, doing all those types of things. But when I was with Nick, we had plans for our future and we talked about those moments. So you have these plans of the future and you get excited about it. And I was really excited about working at the school that I was working at. He came to help me decorate the classroom. There were different things that took place. And then when everything shifted for me, it was almost as if everything slowed down in a way, if you could think of it like that, everything went in slow motion. Like, is this really happening? Me just getting up out of bed was a struggle. It was the job working with the third graders that actually helped me continue to move through that. And people say, you should move on but really you just move through. You're never moving on from a traumatic situation. You just move through it. So I thought I can either sit here and be miserable or I can live my life like I could die tomorrow. So I started to write a list of things that I wanted to do before reaching heaven. And I'm not saying that it was easy because it wasn't. I had up and down days where I was just struggling to get out of bed, but those moments actually helped me having the list of things that I wanted to do, skydiving, road trips, different things like that, that kept me going. Yeah, Yeah, that's really powerful. And I so resonate with having those anchor things. When I experienced my sudden and traumatic loss, there were certain things, even though they were painful to get through that kind of anchored me in my life and kept me moving forward. One of the things that we talk about in journey mapping, which is my work is this idea of reorienting. And when we go through these sudden and traumatic losses, we're still in the middle of our lives. You had just started a new career. You had just started teaching. What was it like for you to really reorient both to yourself and to your work and your relationships while life was still continuing on and while you were still grieving so deeply? That's a really good question. I felt really misunderstood at that point. And you could kind of feel when other people feel like you're lost too, but you don't really care because you're just, you're like, I'm just waking up out of bed. But I remember my little third graders, I remember my principal came in and she told me that she did tell the kids. So I was out, I think 10 days and I went to school. So the kids knew what happened and they would draw me pictures and they would kind of whisper to each other and kind of check on me. You know, they were very, very highly sensitive and psychic to the information that was coming through them through their photos and their pictures was psychic info that was coming from the other side too. And during those times, I remember walking through the hallways to get my kids to like PE or art class. And one day, I don't know how many months went by, but one day said, it's good to see you back. And I had already been back for months, like present in the school, but 
most likely there was a dazed look on my face when I was walking through and going through the motions. So when that teacher said that to me, it really woke me up. Like I knew what she meant. I understood what she meant, but I didn't know that I really went anywhere because I was feeling so many different emotions. But at the same time of that experience, you start to realize things that you did that you felt so much love in. So it's kind of interesting to share it like that. But because I was really tuned into the spirit realm, I felt that I was really linked in with heaven and love and knowing when Nick was there to kind of check up on me. And I started to notice different people come out of the woodwork and different um, amazing signs came to me during those the hardest times of my life. So yeah. even though the, those were the hardest times of my life, I also had really amazing moments that I never thought would be there because I had no fear at that time. Where I'm just like, I, I lost everything that I was planning for this moment. So that's when things started, to, serendipity type moments started showing up in my life where it got me through my days. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about that first psychic experience that you had. So I'm trying to go back and I wanted to ask him questions. Like I kept saying, but wait, wait. And that's it. That's all he said. And there were other moments where I, there was one moment I saw him at the foot of my bed and I, I it's right in front of me. And then I closed my eyes and opened them again and he wasn't there. There were other moments, I remember really dreading my birthday because it was coming up and I thought, oh my gosh, he's not going to be here on my birthday. And I got a package at my door probably a month before my birthday, it's in November, my birthday's December 8th. And I, I got a package and it said, happy birthday, love Swatch. And Swatch is a, a watch company. And I thought, that's weird. I never bought a watch from Swatch. And it was Godiva chocolates, by the way, there's a box of chocolates. So like, this is so odd. Like this can't be for me. And I think it might've even had a different name on it. I forget now. I could even have the box up in my room. I I forget if I saved that, but so I ended up contacting the company and it was Godiva that I called. And I said, I got this package, but they're like, you know what? It was sent to the wrong address or the wrong, it wasn't supposed to be at my address. And they said, just keep the chocolates that you can, you can have them. So I knew that that was a sign, but this was just one of the many. So that type of stuff, hearts would show up faces would show up in water. And, but at the same time, during these moments of me feeling excited and feeling the sense of love and knowing without a doubt that this was Nick coming through, I also got the sense that people thought I was completely crazy. Like she's lost her mind. She's just grieving. She's not really experiencing this or it's way too long for her to be miserable like this. But I had to honor what was happening to me. And that's actually what helped me so much was that I did take time. And to other people, it might be too long. But for me, I needed to do that. So I was really seeking moments of being by myself, like going to crystal bowl meditation, taking long walks, painting, just doing things that really 
that the only thing that I wanted to do was just be in my own space at different points too. Yeah. So that was a big thing. Yeah, that's huge. And And it is. And sometimes you can speed up that grieving process, whether it's the loss of a loved one or the loss of a relationship or a transition in life. And you try to make other people feel comfortable because they feel uncomfortable that you're going through it. But that's where you get yourself into trouble because you're trying to please them, which you're never going to. And then you're not honoring your own self during that time too. Yeah. Definitely. What had your relationship been to those kind of intuitive psychic experiences before your loss? I always, looking back at my life, when I was a little girl, I used to have a lot of outer body experiences. So I'd leave my body and travel and fly around. But I just thought that those were flying dreams. And I didn't know until later that I was actually really leaving, having outer body experiences. I was highly sensitive. My family would always say, "Uh uh-oh, it's a full moon out. We know it because (laughs) Lindsay is in like rare form. So I used to be very moody around the full moon. I was shy, but at the same time, I was extra sensitive to those things around me. So I feel like I was emotional in my household. When it came to school, I was really quiet. I always collected rocks. I I had a rock collection now knowing they're crystals. (laughs) So I used to read the children's Bible. I wanted to be a lot like St. Teresa. So there are St. Catherine of Siena. I loved because I did a report on her for CCD. So I was very like connected to that side of things. I wanted to pray on each step and say the Hail Mary, wanted to say the rosary and be connected to the Blessed Mother. So I kind of had that, that side of me where I just was feeling like I wanted to reach out to the spirit realm, but, and my friends would come to me for advice too. So they would say, what do you think about this? And it was always intuitive flow. I just didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So that was the big thing. I'm trying to think of other things, other experiences. I remember one time I had a friend in college and she's like, let's go to the psychic. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can. I feel so guilty. And she's like, come on, it's fine. And I actually remember her cousin at the time, she was also going to the psychic and she was coming in from another country and she was in a deep, deep, dark place of depression because her boyfriend had tragically died. And I remember that experience. So I was going to the psychic at this time and I was writing out a check and feeling very guilty about it because it was in my mind, a sin. Um, And then she was experiencing this, this moment. And it was almost like a foreshadowing of what was to come for me. I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting to look back and connect the dots on any area of our life and see that, oh, wow, there were certain things that were either preparing us. You can't really be prepared for something big like this, but almost moments that kind of paved the way at at times. Absolutely. Yeah. I can look back on my journey and I can see that too. And I would be really curious when it came to my loss, it was a suicide and it was at the end of a relationship. And so the context of my loss was I was very clear that I did not want to basically be stalked from beyond the grave. And one of the last things he ever said to me was, I'm sorry, you won't hear from me again. 
And he would show up. He only showed up in a handful of dreams. But when he did, he would honor that. He would never say anything. And, and I would talk at him a little bit. And I, I knew in my bones that it was real, that that was him visiting me. And, and I would be curious for you how having those experiences, if it either helped and supported with your grief or if it detracted and kind of held you back in any way. Yeah. Well, I have goosebumps when you just shared that story too. That's a good question. I feel like my soul got healed when I would have those visitations. So it would be bittersweet. So I would feel the sense of love that they were there still, that he was around. But at the same time, I'd wake up and think, oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. I am living a nightmare where he is not here. But that did keep me going, having that peace. So it was when I was getting signs during the daytime um, or during night, you know, whatever it was, and feeling that there was a loving presence with me still, like he didn't just go away. I knew that there were parts of the relationship where I could build on and continue the communication in, in that way. So it brought healing, but some other people may say, oh gosh, this is holding her back. Like she's getting too many readings. She's, she's, her head is in the clouds. She's tapped into another place, but looking back, it really was healing for me because it just, because it was just, there's no really explanation. I just know on a soul level, it did help. I think that if I stayed in my room the whole time and didn't live, it wouldn't do a service for me. It, it really wouldn't. But knowing that he was watching over and he was someone that lived life to the fullest, that's what was the thing that kept me going. We actually had a conversation before he passed on a Sunday. He died on a Tuesday. We went to church together and it was all about grieving and he, he had a conversation. He said, well, if I ever died, I wouldn't want anyone to grieve my loss and get um, caught up in addiction or stop working because death is a part of life. And I got frustrated with him. And I'm like, stop talking about this. Why are you saying this? He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just saying, because he had a lot of loss in his life. He said, I'm just saying, I wouldn't want anyone to stop living. That conversation really was a huge piece that would come into my mind after thinking, okay, I got to keep on moving. He said, you got to keep on moving. And he did this thing with his hand and it stuck in my head where I knew he was communicating again. Like you got to keep on moving, even if it's slow steps, just something. Um, and the one thing that did make it harder for me, I would say is my fear dreams. When I'd have these dreams where he would show in the dreams and I couldn't reach him. I was trying to contact, like trying to talk to him and he was like going the yeah. opposite direction or I thought that he was upset with me and they're never upset with us, but we could have fear dreams where they might show up and we turn the dream in a fear-based way where we think that they're upset with us and they never are. They're, they're in a place where it's so much love and happiness and they want us to feel that too. Yeah. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. I remember feeling that way. My, my ex who passed put in a lot of effort towards the end to keep his friends and his family and me all separated and we all came together. And I remember someone saying he would be so pissed to know that we've all bonded like this. And I was like, I don't, he's like, he's in a place of love. It's not the same, maybe ego him, human him right. felt that way, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So and powerful. as you just said it, I just had goosebumps because 
he most, and I'm not trying to give you a reading right now, but most likely when you said it, it's, he brought that together because they do, they bring people together that are connected with them, which is amazing. And, and that's really powerful that he did that. And it's true. It's like the ego, the human self, he wouldn't want that, but really when they're on the other side, they see the bigger picture. Yeah, absolutely. So you're grieving, you're having all of these experiences, you're continuing teaching and, and working to move forward with your life in your own way. What was it like for you to really reconcile having had a religious background and faith, which I assume mm-hmm. is still a big part of who you are to some degree, and reconciling that with having these psychic experiences? Yeah, well, actually, after he passed, I didn't care that I was experienced. I, I didn't even have any fear of any kind of sin or anything like that. Because when I had the experiences, I felt so much healing where it's almost like when that part of me died in the moment where all of a sudden, literally my, my life flashed before my eyes, which some people listening may relate to that, where it's like all these things that you regret that you didn't say or do comes into mind. When that part of me died, a new part of me or an old part of me, maybe my soul, my true soul came out and knew the truth of things that it was never a sin. It, it's actually healing. So it completely changed things for me. And I find a lot of people that come to me for readings, some of them are Catholic and they come in and they're like, I'm afraid to do this, but I saw that you're Catholic. So I like to pick pieces of different maybe religions or pieces of faith that I believe in, but then there's others that I'm like, nope, don't, that doesn't affect me. So that fear went away and I don't have a fear of, of death at all. I don't have a fear of, are we going to heaven or hell? I know that it's heaven. So it shifted things in a powerful way that way too. Yeah. How do you feel all of this, the grief, the psychic experiences, the shift in who you were, I, I really relate to that as well. Like I remember that moment when I got the news and and it's like, I could feel myself split and crack and break open and pieces of me just disappeared, never to be found again. And some have been reclaimed over the years, but for the most part, some of those things are just gone. And so what was it like for you to really move forward? Tell us the journey of leaning into the psychic career and navigating, rebuilding your life? That's a good question. I would say it happened very slowly. Like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that's what I did to kind of move through. Like I never would have imagined getting through a full day. If I look too far ahead, that's what would be overwhelming to me. But I kind of followed the breadcrumbs of getting excited about things. So getting excited to go to a crystal bowl meditation or getting excited to go to a beach and sit and bring a notebook. Now I'm making it sound like it was all beautiful and it really wasn't. There were moments where it wasn't beautiful, but I know that those spiritual experiences, the little hints of signs and messages kept me going and I was communicating and checking in like, you know, what's, I would, I'd say, where are you now? What are you doing now? So that communication actually helped me going, helped me continue to go. And then what took place was, is I myself felt this confirmation that he was around, but I would say a prayer and say, well, if you're really here, 
and then three butterflies. If you're really here, send me a psychic medium to come through. And sometimes I was really pushy about the information. Like it would still show up, but I'm like, no, I need more that human side of things. But a psychic medium actually reached out through a friend. His name's Jason. Him and a friend of mine went out to lunch and Nick started to come through, communicate through this man that's now my friend. And he started to give information through him. And that experience where the message was passed on to me, that experience really helped knowing that it was confirmation that Nick was still around and he didn't want me to stop living. He wanted me to get out and be with my friends. Um, And then from there, I received so much healing from that. And I said, I want other people to know that their loved ones, it's not just the end all be all, they're still here. They're trying to get our attention. Want us to live a full life. So I wanted to help other people. And that's what happened. I, you know, I remember one time I went to a bar and I said a prayer, please just let me have fun tonight. Like, I just want to have fun. Be okay tonight. Send someone to make me laugh. Just put me in a good mood. It was a bar that we used to go to together. So whenever I would go there again, it was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of those moments where I start thinking of the past. And I ended up connecting in with someone. We started getting talked talking talking about spiritual things and his mother came through his mother that had passed and he said whatever you're getting trust it just keep on going i'm like okay i'll see what comes forward and i asked i said are you open to this sort of thing and it was confirmation for me that i could connect him with other people's past loved ones and from there all these moments started coming up and it led me to take a course on medium And it built up belief in what I had experienced with Nick. And it was just these little breadcrumbs that led me through these experiences. And things started to get very busy with people contacting me for readings, friends of friends or family of friends. And from there, I just felt like my heart was leading me out of the school system and I needed to honor that path. So after seven years of teaching, I started to do this work full-time, not just part-time, and and that's how it happened. And I met my husband soon after Nick passed also. I would love for you to share that story. That's one of those aspects of your journey that gives me goosebumps too. Yes. So this is an interesting experience because I feel like with a loss, you do have people that are going to not know how to handle the loss. So they didn't know how to handle when I was severe depressed and and upset about this. Um, And then there's other people that are very supportive and they're connected to the person that's passed. So they understand that side of things. And then when you, I'm putting in quotes, get happy again, which that's what people think. All of a sudden she's happy now. Um, (laughs) It feels uncomfortable for people. They're like, wait, how did she go from being miserable to happy? It wasn't an overnight thing. It was a process. But I remember... uh, So Nick and Tony were childhood friends since they were very little, and I had never met Tony. We were both at the funeral, but at that time, I was in a daze. I I really couldn't function and didn't know about him fully who he was. There were certain people that were Nick's friends that I didn't get to meet 
because we lived in a different state. We were in Florida together and he's from Missouri, but Tony reached out to me on Facebook and added me as a friend along with other friends of Nick's because they wanted to be connected and maybe see pictures or however it was that they wanted to connect in. And I remember one night I was really having a tough time because when you're going through something, everyone kind of moves on with their life. They, yeah. they go, the, the people around you, they're just living their life. It's, you have people check on you the first maybe month or two, but yeah. then everyone just kind of goes about and you're like, I'm still living this, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in this uh, nightmare, but they just, that's what happens. So I was thinking, I haven't been in contact with Nick's friends in a while. Like it's just, that's just what it is. And Tony had reached out to me, which I didn't know much about him at all. And he said, I just wanted to let you know, Nick's friends are thinking of you and where we know that you're a good person. And he was acknowledging the motorcycle awareness foundation I had started because I had started something with that. And he reached out at the perfect time. I felt like it was heaven sent, like Nick nudged him to reach out to me. And after he told me, he said, when I reached out to you that night, I knew it wasn't for me. I saw your photo and I started to cry and tears just started streaming down my face. And I just felt like I needed to reach out just to say that we were thinking of you, nothing more than that. But it opened up the door to something. And I was writing a book at the time, which I haven't finished the book. And I wanted to see if Tony was one of the friends that was in Nick's life at a certain point. Like I wanted to know if he was there for a certain experience. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, are you free to talk one night? Because I just want to ask a couple of questions. Well, we ended up speaking. And right when I spoke with him, and he spoke with me, we knew that we were going to be connected. And that wasn't the plan. It just happened. So we were on the phone for six hours that first night. And that's how it all started. So we spoke and he was in Missouri and I was in Florida. He came to visit soon after, a month after. And that's how it all happened. And now we're married. So we include Nick in our life and we still communicate with him. And some people are like, how does that happen that you're still (laughs) communicating? But sometimes Tony will be at the store and he'll pick out, you know, in the past, he was picking out like a birthday card for me. And he felt like Nick was saying, no, get this one because, or he'll tell him different things, just like we connect in with my grandpa or my grandparents and also Tony's loved ones that have passed. So it's just like a big party here that's connected (laughs) with the other side. So if anyone was in our house, they'd be like, this is absolutely crazy. We include them in our life because they want us to do well and they want to guide us on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing how that can happen. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Something we talk a lot about in journey mapping as well is this idea of mentors to really support us. And it sounds like you've had quite a few, both in this realm and in others. I would love if you could speak to how having mentors has really played a role for you. Oh my gosh, that is so huge. I don't know what I would do without the mentors in my life. I would say I have some mentors that are connect, that aren't even someone that I hired either. There's like a mix of mentors. So Nick's family, I don't know how I would get through different things if it weren't for them, just 
being able to be connected with them and talk to them about it and have that experience. We were, we were, we can share signs of different experiences that we had that, that was a huge piece for me. Mentors from a distance. I remember watching the television show Life Among the Dead with Lisa Williams. Watching the television show was all about getting readings. People were experiencing mediumship readings. That was my saving grace. I would sit and watch that um, show. And then I signed up for a course of hers. So she was my mentor learning mentorship that way. Even people that I come into contact with when it comes to crystal bowl meditation, people that I read books from that like Wayne Dyer, he's a mentor, you know, even though he's passed, he's still a mentor to me because he still teaches through our thoughts and our feelings. And a lot of people have shared that. I believe that in order to through the process, you do need to seek out different experiences. For me personally, people would try to hand me grief books and say, you should go to a grief counselor. But at the time I didn't want that. I really wanted to go inward. And I, I totally believe like people should go and have those experiences if you're feeling drawn to do it. But sometimes timing is everything. You have to do things on your own time. So my clients are also my mentors too, in a different way, looking at it in a different way. Their lessons from their loved ones have been a huge pivotal part of my journey to hear those experiences. Yeah. But we and do need that. We need mentors during this because some people that have been through it, you're like, oh my gosh, you got through that. How did you, you're out on the other side of this. I would never imagine that I would even be doing, you know, my own podcast right now, I would have thought that I would be probably in bed, just waking up to go and teach the third graders. So right. it was, it was me looking out and hearing stories of other people that they had something traumatic happen in their life and they moved through it. Yeah, that's huge. That was huge for me too. And I love that you talk about that pull to go inward. I know I had that as well. And something we talk about in the mentorship piece in journey mapping is mm -hmm. that it's not just external mentors, it's internal mentors. And we do a certain type of process work to uncover who are your internal me mentors so you can start to dig in more deeply. And I know this is something that you teach as well. I would love if you could share even one aspect of how you learn to do that, but also how others can as well. Yeah. I love that you put that in the program because that's so powerful to go inward. I think for me, I kind of, before this whole experience, I was giving, 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 and I was totally drained and tapped out energetically. So for me, I had nothing to give anyone when Nick passed away. So that actually caused me to not get in my thoughts thinking, oh, should I do this for other people? Because I couldn't. I really had to recharge on my own <laughs> instead of giving to other people. So that was my learning right there was, okay, I need to give back to me so I can get up out of bed. And also the encouragement from the other side of people, the spirit realm saying like, okay, we're going to go and, and go to do a butterfly walk and go to the butterfly garden and take pictures. And like, I had this excitement to get up out of bed, to go and do things in nature because it was connected back to communicating with the other side. I was communicating with the other side more than humans here. The other thing is, is with my mentorship, 
my mediumship mentorships, I talk about the power of going inward, like having time for yourself before communicating with others. So getting very clear on what expectations you have for you and what expectations you have for other people in your life and what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to so that you're not over doing anything in a way that's too much for you, where it makes you feel like you're resenting people around you because you're saying yes when you really don't want to. So in the mentorships, it's all about mindset and knowing that you're limitless, but it's important to have that balance of taking care of yourself as a human while you're here. You know, you have a shell, so you might as well take care of that so you can be good for yourself and then in turn, it will help other people. Yeah, absolutely. It's so powerful. Yes. Another thing we talk a lot about, I know I talk a lot about this because it was a huge thing for me, is how the fall is not the hard part. We think that that rock bottom moment, the moment that our life turns upside down is like the absolute worst that it can be. And I found for me personally and have seen with a lot of my clients as well is that the hard part is choosing to come back from it and choosing to heal and grow and step into something new. And I would love, like, it sounds like your journey was very organic which is really beautiful and very divinely guided as well. If you could share what choice means to you and how it really showed up during those harder moments, I would really love to hear that. Yeah, that's so true. It is more of a choice of, of making that decision. Well, if I didn't think that I was being looked after, I'd be like, well, I lost everything. So there's no point of continuing on. I I would rather be with him at that time. I would never do anything to myself, but it's almost like you think, well, why did he? I wasn't there at that time. Or why did they experience this? And I'm still stuck here. That was kind of my thought process. But when I knew that there was something beyond what we could see with the human eye, it gave me this sense of hope to enjoy life for the moment. So that's the thing that actually kept me going. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm excited. I can do these things before I reach heaven. What things have I been putting off because I think I have time to do it? So that was the process for me where I was like, okay, what can I do? Like how many things can I do that are exciting for me? I don't know if that answers your question, but I I forget how you started the question, but I kind of get lost in that moment of, of writing the list of those things. If someone was in a place where they weren't motivated to do those things, think about, you might as well, if you have nothing else to lose, you might as well enjoy it while you're here because you're going to either be here and experience a mediocre life, possibly, you're going to go through those moments of fear, anger, frustration, and sadness, or whatever it is that you're going through. Let yourself go through those moments, but maybe sprinkle some other things that gets you excited about the week or about the month, like set up small things that might even just be taking a drive a town over and going, buying yourself flowers or those types of things, walking around markets I loved like just exploring and doing those things to get outside. But I think it's one of those things to take baby steps and think about things that you've put off and then let that be the energy that you need to know that, okay, I might as well do this because I'm not going to sit around and, and wait for something to come to me. I will take that opportunity. And when it comes to death, what I notice with all the past loved ones that have come through 
they always say that they want us to be happy. They don't want us to feel like you have to be miserable because they're not here and feel guilty about being happy that they're not here because they're like, let me help you be happy. Let me put the people in front of you. Let me put the circumstances in front of you. Let me whisper in your ear to remind you to go and do those things. Yeah. So that was my thing that kept me going, really. It's so, it's such a powerful thing. And I know for me, it was really hard, even though I had that knowing that, no, he's in a place of love now. Like he's just, he's just pure love now. Right. It was very hard for me to reconcile the guilt that I had for being a part of that breakup that led to his suicide or to feel like I was allowed to go on and, and be happy and be successful. It took me a long time. And I think it's just really beautiful that you were having these experiences that really reinforced, no, that's, that's what's supposed to be happening now. And this is what they feel on the other side is they want that for us. Right. And I think they're part of the work that we do where there, a lot of the times their mission is connected to our mission. So there's ways that they can help in different ways. So it's like, it's kind of like a, a paradox in a way, because, you know, you think that they're, they're happy and they're okay. And you want to make sure that they're okay, but they're like, let me just help you. I, I'm part of this journey. So if we think about it like that, that's what's so beautiful. And, and it might not be an overnight process. Like it was not for me at all, but just taking time and honoring you know, yourselves in whatever timing, like even now I'm like, there's certain things in my life that come up. I'm like, well, it could always be worse. Like it could always be worse. I can get through it and just take it moment by moment and know that we're not doing this alone. Like there are so many people around us that are helping us because we're carrying out a higher mission. I feel like this isn't even just about, um, Nick's passing. This is a, even Tony and I, we have a bigger mission that's connected as a collective to let people know that just, we can see things with the human eye, but there's so much more that's happening that we're not even aware of. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always talk about, I'm working on a bigger body of work that's going to come out in the coming years. And I always say and feel very strongly that's part of his legacy too, because yes. I wouldn't, be doing this had he not passed. And it's, it's at times been very hard to, again, reconcile the gratitude I have for where I am and what I'm doing with the fact that he had to die for that to happen. And I think on the surface, it's very, it can feel very obvious how this loss and this experience has shaped you and your purpose. I would be curious if you could share a bit more about that, what it's been like I know you don't remember who you were before and yeah, aspects of your life, but what it's been like to lean into this work and this purpose, knowing that it never would have happened had he not passed. Yeah. I keep on feeling like there's parts of me that remember beforehand, but I don't know. I th I believe that things, if we're going to go to an end destination of some sort, our purpose or whatever it is. I feel like we'll always get there. It just may take a little longer or we'll go through different routes. So I believe that. I believe that this would have come about, but maybe in a, to in a totally different way. And it may have come at a different point in my life. 
So with teaching the third grade, maybe after seven years, I would have felt like, oh, I'm feeling like I'm put in a box, like I need to do something else. And maybe it would have taken me a little bit longer. And, you know, to the people that are connected to our past loved ones, they may think, okay, this story is pretty much saying they, they passed away. I'm celebrating this process. So it could feel uncomfortable to some people, but they don't know that we didn't have a choice of them passing away. This right. is like, okay, what do you do with that? You could either not pass on the legacy and just keep it to yourself and keep that pain inside, or you can do something with the energy. But I feel like if he didn't pass away, it probably, I would have got to the mediumship place, but my why would have been different. The reason why I was doing it, it would have been different. So thinking back on it, it probably would have happened in a different way. And maybe it would have been later in my life that that would have happened. But it started at 23 for me instead of maybe later. Maybe it would have started now. Yeah. So Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What do you feel your relationship is to your grief now this far out? I feel like, I feel grateful for it <laughs> that I went through it because I know when I connect in with the client, I know every grief, every piece of grief is different. No grief is the same for each person, but I understand that you can never solve the problem of grief. It's yeah. like just honoring those feelings. So I'm grateful that I went through the experience because I feel like I have more of a sensitivity to people that are experiencing it, where I kind of know about how there's different processes to it. And I'm also grateful because it taught me more about gratitude too, and more about really appreciating the moment and the people that are around you and being very upfront, communicating, and the power of being yourself no matter what, and never feeling guilty for that. I think that's a big thing too. Absolutely. So, so that was huge. It caused me to love myself more in a different way because I had to, because I had no energy to give. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so much I could talk to you about, but to kind of wrap things up, I would love if you could share where people can find you. We're going to put all your information in the show notes, but where they can find you, how they can learn from you and how they can work with you. Perfect. So my website is lindsaymarino.com, Lindsay with an A-Y at the end. Um, and so you can find me on there on my website and add your um, info to my newsletter to get regular um, newsletter updates. And then I'm also on Instagram, Lindsay Marino Medium. And I am on Facebook as Lindsay Marino. And I have courses on how to really do the mediumship work. There's my programs are Unlock Your Inner Medium, the foundation level. And then another one is the next level. So it's for mediums that are already doing this and they want to take their mediumship to the next level. And I have courses for intuition and I've Unlock Your Intuition course. And then I also have a course for psychic mediums and healers that want the blueprint for the online business too. That's so awesome. So, and you have your podcast with Tony. Yes, I have my podcast with Tony, my husband, Tony. So we've been talking about Tony today. So that is on my website also. So awesome. I love Thank that. you so much for being here Thank and for sharing you. your wisdom. I so appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to an eight-week sampler of our renowned journey mapping program. That gives you instant access to impactful training lessons, life-changing exercises, and our signature AccuSesh processes that you can implement immediately. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.